It's playoff time. Big stakes, bigger promotions, every day of basketball's playoffs. DraftKings will have $20,000 in total prizes up for grabs. The best part, it's free. You get your shot at these daily cash prizes for free. Uh, DraftKings will be offering two free two-play pools every day of the NBA playoffs, offering players a free shot at $20,000 in total prizes. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to pools, and choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's basketball games and track your results throughout the evening. Questions will range from which team will hit the most threes to which team will score first. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to make sure to get your free shot at $20,000 and total prizes every day of the basketball playoffs. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. And as always, enjoy the show. Welcome back to another absolutely thriller and delicious episode of Water Hockey, proudly brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and DraftKings. Make sure to get on all the action on the DraftKings app by using promo code THPN. Yes, THPN. Sorry about that ad read before this, guys. Uh, that was a that was a wordy one, but we made it through. We uh, we adhered to all the guidelines that we were given. It sounded phenomenal. Thank you, and Patrick. Thanks again, DraftKings. Yeah, and thanks again, DraftKings. Yeah. Uh, Patrick, Jason, we're back again. You guys sound healthy. You sound well. No more sultry, deep uh, Marlboro red cigarette voices anymore. Guys, how are we feeling? I wish I felt as good as I, in theory, sound. Because I still I still got a cough and my allergies, not as bad, but still not feeling 100%. Well, you look fantastic. For those Thank that you. aren't watching, because no one's watching, we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> You look fantastic. You have a great haircut. You're wearing the Padres Did hoodie. Haircut. Yeah, you, you look great. And and Thank the you. Padres hoodie looks sick. I'm a huge fan of the Padres this season. Their uniforms are top tier. Probably my favorite in baseball. Uh, I know. I know. Jason just Jason's face just like completely dropped off baseball? his face. Baseball? Like, baseball? This uh, was uh, a giveaway baseball at the Petco Park. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Free free sweatshirt night. Oh, that's nice. awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, pretty sweet deal. Very nice. Speaking of baseball, Jason rocking the Round Rock Express uh, flat bill, 59.50. Yeah. How's uh, it going on your end? Uh, kind of like uh, Patrick said, also still on the back end of this uh, cold. Uh, I'm now like on a watch list at the pharmacy because I've had so much Sudafed. <laughs> I've had to buy so much, so they're like, "Hey, man, you need to." Hey, man, you better take it out. Chill out, man. No, you, you can't be making meth anymore, right? <laughs> you need that you stuff for Breaking Bad. Watch out, man. All right, on. No. Well, you guys are you guys are looking. You look great. I wish people could see you. One day we're gonna do live streams, and people will see you and and all of your glory. 
We'll get it figured out. Yeah. yeah. And you're rocking the Luca jersey shirt. I mean, we're just Luka we're magic, sports. Baby. We're a hockey based podcast, but you know what? Today tonight, sports, baby. Sports. Uh, about five seed right now. Yeah. If you guys have been listening to us for a while, uh, you will be very aware of the guests that we have lined up for today. Um, Saad Youssef of The Athletic is going to join us here in just a moment. Uh, we wanted to wrap up, officially wrap up the Stars season with him as we did begin it right before the season began. He joined us and we went over a couple of things, what we could expect. Uh, we're going to kind of touch base and, and you know, obviously it's not the way that we wanted it to go. But we're going to circle back and kind of see what we can expect going into the offseason and jump into next season. The Allen Americans are, are, are red hot once again. Uh, last night, Monday, uh, May 17th, Les Lancaster, friend of the show, bleach blonde hair. It must be the hair. It's got to be. Uh, had a hat trick against the Kansas City Mavericks, and that puts his point total at 55. He leads the league in all of defensemen in his points total. He is the only defenseman to have a hat trick this season in the ECHL. The guy is just on an absolute tear. He's playing playing himself into a role somewhere else. And, it, you know, you, you never want to see someone leave, but for the reason that he would be leaving would be very welcome for him. So, guys, how, how are we feeling about the Americans right now? I mean, obviously, we're, we're good buddies with them. And, and uh, Jason, Patrick, where are we at? And they're just uh, on a tear right now, honestly. I mean, we're talking about Les Lancaster. I mean, you said, you already said it, right? He's already got 55 points. 55 points. For yep. a defenseman. For a defenseman. This this never happens. Not even, you know, ever. So it's just, it's fun to see. I mean, we're, ha- we're having a good time with them. And they're going places, you know? They're actually going places. They are. Uh, I need to let everyone know, too. You only have three regular season home games left for the Allen Americans. Do not forget to go on our Twitter, our Facebook, our Instagram, our link tree. There is a link for you to get discounted home game tickets for the Allen Americans for the remaining home games that they have. So you have three more chances at the very beginning of next month in June to see the Allen Americans here in Allen at the Allen Event Center. So definitely make sure to get those and make sure to get those while you have your Texas hockey apparel shirts on because they are officially a sponsor of the Allen Americans and they are officially sponsors of our hearts because what Garrett and Texas hockey apparel have done for us, we just can't think of enough. They're great people there at Texas hockey apparel. Uh, Patrick has dubbed the softest black and gray hoodie, the hug, which, you know, we're going three weeks in a row. We still haven't seen it change on the website. Uh, Speaking of that website, make sure to head over to Texas hockey apparel, hockey apparel.com. Check them out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the good stuff. We'll be reposting their stuff. They've got a new toque or beanies, as some people may call them. Toque? A toque or a beanie. I think they're toque uh, north of the border uh, into Canada. So oh. check those out. Is that, uh, they're called, that is correct. Yes, yes, yes. Toboggans? Yes, uh, I have to. No. Yeah, I, or a toboggan, yeah. Toboggan, toque, toque, hat, beanie, ball cap, because it has a ball on the top of it. But. Guys, we're we're just we're delaying the inevitable. We got to bring him in. Uh, he's currently on his twentieth run of the office right now. If you follow this guy throughout the season on Twitter, uh, you just see the 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 guy loves. Not only does he love hockey, being a newly ish dubbed hockey fan, but the guy loves the office and he loves gifs or gifts. That can be a controversy yes. in itself. Uh, you can find yeah. him at Saad Youssef one two six on Twitter. The Athletics own Saad Youssef. Welcome back to the show. 
appreciate you guys having me. It was a it was a good first time, so I'm glad that uh, I made it back on the show again. Yeah, we are pumped to have you back. And like I said, we would we would uh, we would not have it any other way than to wrap the season up officially than having you back. Uh, how was the season for you? So I, I mean, obviously this was a very very different season, um, even compared to the previous season ending in the bubble uh, where you guys were basically having to work remote. Um, how was how was this past season for you guys uh, in the media side of things? Um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It was a, it was a, it was a challenge, man. It was, uh, you know, we have certain, a certain way, a certain approach on how we want to, you know, provide coverage for the, for the stars. And it's really difficult to do that when, uh, we went the entire season without, without seeing any, without talking to any of the players in the locker room. Uh, um, you know, that takes a lot of the storytelling aspects away, not, not completely, but a lot of the interesting stories that you can tell usually come from side conversations in the locker room and things of that sort. And then on top of that, you add in the fact that, you know, they were playing four games in six nights. It's, you know, do you cover certain topics that come up? You know, uh, like, can you write a whole story on why Dennis Gurionov isn't playing well? Or do you have to cover the, you know, four games that are being played in one breath? So you kind of have to pick your poisons uh, a little bit this season. And so that was a tough balance, but uh, we made it through. Everyone made it through, so it's good. Yeah, it's definitely an interesting. Uh, you know, that's uh, obviously we we have a vested interest in the stars and and obviously the sport of hockey. But I think it kind of it goes without saying. You know, everyone's had had to make sacrifices, and so it's definitely interesting for us. You know, aspiring media goers to kind of get the uh, the vibe, I guess, so to speak, as the, the millennials would say today, of how it was for you guys. Um, uh, I, I'm just going to kick it off to Patrick and Jason and, and kind of let them ask you a little a couple of questions. You know, obviously, we'll, we'll dive deeper into some stars talk here in just a moment. But uh, Jason, Patrick, whatever you guys have for Saad, let's, uh, let's get it going. I have a kind of a quick follow-up for that. You know, as, as you're kind of making those decisions on how to, like, focus your articles, whether it's on the playing four games in six days or did, did you just find it like a little frustrating, you know, kind, kind of to sit back and, you know, obviously you want your, the team to do well, but, you know, and, and given the circumstances, like, were you getting frustrated, like having to kind of fall back on one thing or the other, if that makes any sense? Yeah, no, I, it, it was frustrating for sure, because there's also, you know, you want to be as comprehensive as possible. And it's just, you know, it's hard to do that sometimes when you just don't have the time to do that because a lot of the stories that, like, you know, a lot of the uh, the, the great stories that I would like to tell just take a lot more time, like, you know, working on off days, but there were no off days. So um, that was kind of, like, you know, a challenge. Like, I did a couple of stories, whether it be on, you know, Jason Robertson's uh, off-season workouts, Tyler Sagan's rehab, whatever, and those stories take, uh, th- those are not written in one or two days. Those are usually two, three week projects. And, uh, and there was a lot of just either, Hey, you know, you got to either sacrifice, you know, a game story here, you have to sacrifice, you know, a night of sleep here. And, and, uh, so it was, a it was definitely an interesting journey, but you know, um, like I said, it was, is, you know, nothing that, uh, was impossible to manage. It was just a little bit more difficult, but, uh, but we all are, we all made it through. <laughs> and hopefully better for it because of that. Um, right. right. I mean, this is something that we're going to reiterate throughout the entire show today. Um, if you have not subscribed to The Athletic, please do so. Uh, I believe I have four one-month uh, free passes. Still. So 
If you want, please reach out to me. I will get you started on that. And then you will never unsubscribe because I'm telling you, and this is not just because you're on the show side, your writing has been incredible this season. And I think it's, it goes without saying I, per, for me personally, the Tyler Sagan article is my favorite, just because like you were saying, you can tell that's not an article you can just sit down and write in 10, 15, 25 minutes. That's an entire season, if not an entire year's worth of work put into an article. Uh, so I, I'm curious what your mindset is going into an article like that, where you know, okay, I'm going to start this in the summer of 2020, and I'm probably not going to wrap this up until you know April or May of 2021. What's what's your mindset like going into that? Yeah, first of all, to piggyback on your um, on your point about subscribing uh, for the next week, the you know you can subscribe for a dollar per month. So um, just better. click on. Nice. Yeah, click on any link. Uh, there should be a deal there. But you know, to your question about the the about how you approach that, it's just it's actually really it's easier to be patient with those kind of pieces, um, specifically that Tyler Sagan article, because because at that point you're you know as journalists sometimes you set out to write an article and you're like, all right, well, who am I writing this for? What am I writing this? Uh, like, why am I writing this basically? And and when there's a story like like Tyler's story that was uh, in that long article, this wasn't just something about, um, you know, a player coming back from a basic injury. It was, it was a player who had never been injured before, at least to that extent, uh, missed that much time, um, that went through a lot of grueling physical and mental aspects of his recovery. And so for me, uh, my main priority over anything was just doing Tyler justice because, uh, because that, that's just, you know, it's a, like, there's a very, hefty responsibility that comes with a subject, uh, a player, a person in any field, uh, trusting you with that level of, uh, of material. And so for me, the entire time, it was actually really easy to be patient with that. I did a lot of one interview, then two interviews, then three, and double checking, triple checking, whatever, because you want to make sure that you get that right. And me make sure that, you know, this isn't, is this, you know, and not that I don't put a, an immense amount of care into all my articles, but at the same time, a game ends at ten twenty. Usually, an article is up by one o'clock, two a.m., whatever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's a lot easier to write those stories about, hey, this is why the Stars won or lost by a goal. You know, just a normal everyday type thing, as opposed to, hey, this guy was going through a mental and physical battle for his career, basically. And uh, and how do you make sure that you? convey that empathetically and accurately um, while, while, you know, also just making sure that all the information is correct. And um, honestly, when it got to some aspects of that article, I didn't really know some of those medical terms and medical terminology. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a lot of double checking with some doctors and stuff like that. So um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely one of the, one of the prouder pieces I've ever written. I think you could have you could have snuck a uh, subtle uh, dun- uh, Duncan Flicka or a zippity zoppity give me the boppity in there, <laughs> little office reference Catch in the medical you on the term. Flippity flip. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't know what that means, but it sounds like it's, uh, it makes sense. Uh, well, yeah, that was that was an interesting read to say the least. I mean, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just been it's fascinating all around to see how this season has kind of turned out. Uh, you know, going into this, I think um, you know, obviously, as as someone in the media you're, like yourself you kind of have high expectations, especially when the team that you're covering comes off of a Stanley cup run. 
uh, you know, showing up, you know, or coming up just two games short. Two uh, that away, being yeah. said, um, I'm going to kick it over to Patrick. I know he had a couple of questions. Uh, you know, let's kind of get into talking about the the stars and really how things ended for them last season and how things kind of ended for them this season too. Yeah. So obviously when we first started out, we were all pretty optimistic. And I think if we listen back to our predictions for the year, um, missing playoffs was not in any of the, our guesses. So I guess my question would be, sorry, my gain is super high. Um, my question would be, did the season go as you expected it to, or were there some surprises along the way? Honestly, honestly, it's a little bit of both. Uh, the season didn't go as expected in terms of the circumstances, but once you factor in those circumstances, then it went how you expected to. So did I see in, mid-January that there would be a Texas winter storm of the century and it would shut things down for seven days and the schedule would be ridiculously compressed? No, I didn't see that coming. But once that did happen, did I think it was going to be ridiculously harder to uh, maintain a healthy lineup and uh, and actually make the playoffs? At that point, I thought it was a tall task to for the Stars to make the playoffs because the NHL, quite frankly, screwed the stars over in, in, in February. You just, mm-hmm. you just, oh, uh, yeah. you know, you can't do that. You can't do that to uh, human beings. Um, it's not a video game. Um, and they kind of treated the stars like they were just characters in a video game. And, and um, you know, you don't, you, you don't finish a game, hit reset, and everyone's just fully recharged again. Uh, that's just not how hockey works in real life. And so once the circumstances happened, then I think it was kind of as expected. You expected, even though this team was, you know, not as great, you still thought they could be in the mix with a Nashville type team, but ultimately it would be really hard for them to make the playoffs. But yeah, at the beginning of the season, I definitely thought, you know, winter storm aside, COVID outbreak aside, I did think this was a playoff team. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think we're on the same page there. A quick follow-up and one point, I think even in NHL video games, they don't let you uh, play that many games without sitting your players for a while. So, (laughs) (laughs) With that in mind, do you think missing the playoffs with everything factored in, the condensed schedule, the injuries, do you think missing the playoffs was ultimately a good thing? Or in the long run, we'll look back and say, man, really glad they missed the playoffs? Yeah, I think so. I, I wrote a column about it um, on Monday, covering that exact question about you know about um, how this could be beneficial in the long run. Now, you know the 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 goal is obviously to win a Stanley Cup, but when you look at history, you just don't win Stanley Cups in back to back years. So um, the current window was going to finish up in 2022 um, in terms of you know Radulov, Pavelski, John Klingberg. All of these guys come off the books in the summer of 2022. Now, hopefully they can re-sign Klingberg, but that's a different discussion. So, um, and Rick Bonus also. Um, so all these, so it's almost like an end of an era, not the end of them competing because they have a lot of good young pieces, but end of this current core is in 2022. So if they're going to win a championship in 2021 or 2022, <coughs> excuse me, they have a they have a much better chance now of winning in 2022 than they ever did in 2021 even before some of the ridiculous circumstances. So take the winter storm and the crazy schedule out of the question. Rope Hintz was still dealing with an injury from last year's playoffs. Roddick Foxa was still dealing with an injury from last year's playoffs. Alexander Radulov would have missed 
however much time he did this year, he only played 11 games, he would have been out right now regardless of the schedule. Um, Tyler Sagan would not be 100% right now regardless of the schedule. So when you factor all those things in and uh, you look at the Carolina team that's uh, that's in the playoffs right now, the Stars weren't going to last more than six games against that Carolina team, if that. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just delaying the inevitable. Um, depending on when this podcast does come out, Rope Hints has surgery scheduled for Wednesday, May 19th. Um, that would be pushed back as far as the season would go for the Stars. He's on track to have a full recovery for training camp. That's a good thing. Um, as, you know, Foxa gets time to rest his wrist and, the, the line goes on there. So I do think that there's a lot to be excited about uh, for the 2021-2022 season. And you were going through that list of names, and I'm just genuinely curious about this one. Obviously, this is all hearsay. But um, Ben Bishop, do you think he would have made his uh, his return into the playoffs? Or do you think they would have gone with that tandem of Hudobin and Ottinger? No, he no. Ben Bishop was not going to come back for the playoffs no matter what. Um, okay. Not the way that that not. I mean, they shut him down right after the trade deadline. So, the uh, the hope for Ben Bishop was always well, not always, not like before the season, but um, as the season progressed, it, it, and I think Jake Ottinger's progression had a lot to do with it. And mm-hmm. uh, and I think Ben Bishop, the hope there is that he's ready for opening day in in, in uh, 2021, 2022. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just kind of want to take the opportunity to kind of segue into that before we dive into the uh, restricted and unrestricted free agent list that we have for the stars and kind of where, where we see things land for them. Are we seeing the evolution of a three-way battle for who starts in net uh, for the stars going into next season? Because obviously you had Ottinger who had a stellar, uh, you know, show in his first full season, whether it be, you know, a full 82 game season or not. Um, and you had some would say a struggling Dobby and we don't know if that's because of the, the long-term effects of COVID or if that's because you asked a lot of someone coming off a miraculous run in the playoffs. And then like we were just saying, you have a hopefully returning fully healthy Ben Bishop. How do you kind of see this shaking out throughout training camp and into uh, opening night, hopefully in October? Well, I think if you're the stars one, you just, get on your knees and pray that Seattle takes Anton Hudobin. But <laughs> I, I, I don't think that happens. Um, Anton just had too rough of a year. Um, mm-hmm. He's too old and he has too much left on his contract, two years at $3.3 million a piece mm-hmm. uh, for an expansion team to take that struggling of a goalie. Now, if the expansion draft happened right after the uh, 2020 playoffs, they, they'd snap him up mm-hmm. in a he's second. He's gone, um, for sure. Right. But I don't think that, uh, that Anton will be uh, – will 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 go anywhere in that expansion draft and now that like for a lot of people that the the big question then becomes well can you find a dance partner for uh for trading anton mm-hmm. i don't think that's the second biggest question the second biggest question after the his question of the expansion draft which like i said is a fairly easy answer but the second question is where's ben bishop's health because if ben bishop is then healthy to go then you can find uh, trade partners for Anton Udobin. If you're not confident in Ben Bishop's knee, then or his back or whatever the case may be, <laughs> then then you need to hang on to Anton Udobin and run it back with the same tandem they had this last year. So I think the big question there is where's the confidence in Ben Bishop's health, which is a question that we don't know the answer for right now. Um, and if and if you're confident, then you try to 
get whatever you can for Anton, but, but Jake Ottinger deserves to be in the NHL. He proved that, mm-hmm. um, he was the best goaltender for the Dallas stars this last year. Um, and, uh, and, and, you know, he's clearly ready for this stage. I think, I think putting him in the AHL would honestly be a, a bit of a regression. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not in the situation like with Ty Delandria. The reason he got sent down to the AHL there at the end was just to get him more repetition. Ottinger's getting the repetitions regardless. So uh, I, I think it's it's very weird because you look back, uh, you know, in the past 10, 15 years and two things have come to mind for, you know, how the stars could improve. And that's goaltending and defense. And now it seems like we have almost a clog of riches of goaltending and defense. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of how they they shake things out. So like I said, jumping into kind of what the next topic I had in mind, just quickly going over the restricted and the unrestricted free agents. Obviously with the restricted, um, you're a little less worried about losing these guys, but you've got Dickinson, Kibiranta, Rick Gardner, uh, Miro Heiskanen, and Nick Kamano. And then you've got the unrestricted free agents, which we could see walk or see kind of the sacrificial lamb, so to speak, of the uh, expansion draft. Um, and Cogliano, Como, Justin Dowling, Alexiak, uh, Vantanen, who that's kind of a rental. I'm not too, too concerned about that one. And Mark Pissick. Out of those names, who do you think, and I think the obvious answer is Miro Heiskanen, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, who do you see getting the big contract first? Or do you see Miro Heiskanen maybe getting a bridge contract to kind of get him to get that big contract in maybe the next season or two? I think, you know, I don't know this. This isn't me reporting. This is just my opinion mm-hmm. that I would think that Miro... Miro's camp would want a bridge deal because uh, you have a flat cap. Um, Miro, Miro is like he is the surest thing you know since sliced bread. Like mm-hmm. I mean, they, he's he's just he's where he is right now is the absolute floor. Like he can't get any worse than he is right now, um, and he's not bad at all. He's an <laughs> elite NHL defenseman right now. Um, the ceiling is a perennial Norris uh, Norris contender and an eventual Norris winner. And it's crazy to think that he can get a bridge contract and hit the market. Uh, and by the way, if he gets a bridge contract, then the next time he hits the market, depending on the terms, he'd be a restricted free agent again. So mm-hmm. he wouldn't be a UFA again, which is another deal that the star should look at. And But also, this guy can hit free agency again when he's 25, which is just wow. insane. Like, I mean... At that point, he can get – at that point, it's a blank check. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's literally the stars have no choice but to just hand him a blank check. He writes the number he wants, um, and that is what they have to give him. So um, the, the luxury of that is a lot a lot less right now because of the flat cap. Um, so I think uh, the bridge deal also benefits the stars in another way because it helps them retain John Klingberg, which is also important for this uh, championship window. What number do you see for Miro, at, assuming they do the bridge deal like you're mentioning, and then he's um, restricted and then unrestricted at 25? What number is realistic? Do you think? Are we looking at Jamie Ben eight million, nine million a year? Uh it's tough to say. And I and you know j- just out of fairness, I I haven't actually like I've been doing so much more of the uh, this the past season review stuff. I haven't really hunkered down and looked at that. So. Maybe on another time, I will uh, I will answer that question just because like I don't want to speak out of my ass right now. So um, fair enough. But but yeah, I mean like you know I, I I think when you I think the term is four years. I think that is the term you're looking at now. What the number is going to be? 
Um, I'm not exactly sure right now. I, I you know, um, that's something that I think uh, will come to light more as the offseason progresses. Do you think Miro ends up playing himself into a more leadership position, like type position? Maybe as Jamie Ben kind of progresses, do you do you see like uh, Miro kind of picking up that C possibly? Um, picking up the C, I mean, it's definitely possible, and I mean, I think Miro is the uh, is the perfect uh, leader type. I mean, people think that you just have to be like some rah rah type guy, and it's just not the true. Miro is a guy who is a perfect example of what you want a Dallas star to be on and off the ice in the weight room in the in, in anything I mean he doesn't miss games he plays hard all the time he's a very good player I mean it's it's everything you want but uh but yeah I mean I could definitely see him eventually being in the conversation for a captain man we have had some nasty weather over the past week which means those courses out there in the metroplex are muddy wet and cart path only and where's the fun in that let the range golf keep your clubs clean and bring the course to you with their mobile golf simulator using trackman technology you can enjoy the finest courses america has to offer like pebble beach pga national and royal burkdale or maybe you don't want to play a full course maybe you just want to play some arcade style golf with your buddies they got you covered there too with Bullseye, their closest to the pin contest, and long drive competitions. See swing stats like ball speed, launch angle, and smash factor. They'll even set up in your house to keep you out of that nasty Texas spring weather. You can find more info like FAQs, availability rates, and booking at therangegolf.com and follow them on Instagram at therange underscore golf. The Range Golf, we bring the course to you. Yeah, I think that's really interesting too. Um, with that list of unrestricted free agents, then uh, you know you do have Como who wears the A quite often. Um, you know, with Cogliano, Como, Dowling, Alexiak, Vatnin, and Pisic. Say that the Stars fans are listening to this right now. Uh, out of those names, there are some obvious ones, but who should we maybe get prepared to see on a different team? You know, come the start of the next NHL season. I think a lot of those. I mean, Blake Como and Andrew Cogliano, honestly. Um... They, they 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 were better than some fans like to give them credit for mm-hmm. um, just because of the overall frustration with the lack of scoring with the team and they don't bring scoring to the team. So, um, but again, that was never their role. They were always supposed to be the checking line, the shutdown line. So, mm-hmm. um, I think some of the frustration spills over to that. But uh, but I think those two guys probably you know are the surest bet for not returning. Interesting. And with Alexiak, obviously he had uh, you know probably. I would say arguably his best, well, his best offensive season, but you know, that's, I think six goals, maybe seven. What is the situation with him? Because I know a lot of people were saying that he was a target, uh, a trade target coming into the trade deadline. And obviously, you know, remained with the stars. Do you see him maybe taking the fact that he just came off one of his better, if not best seasons and trying to find money elsewhere? Do you see him coming back or do you think that he might be the, uh, the Seattle casualty, I guess you could say um, shifting up there into the expansion team. So, first of all, let's let's let me hit on the Seattle casualty thing. I think I think that's the least likely of scenarios because Seattle is taking a big gamble in selecting him, and then he, he's still going to hit the free agency market two weeks later. So they could literally just lose him for nothing. Okay, and so, yeah, true. Yeah, so I think I think that's a, that you know if he was a restricted free agent or under contract, I think he'd be a very easy choice for Seattle to take. Uh, but the fact that he's a UF pending UFA. 
if Seattle takes him and if he has some kind of handshake deal with the Stars already, um, then Seattle loses him for absolutely nothing and they just wasted a pick. Mm -hmm. So I think that's the least likely. Although it could still happen. I mean, maybe Seattle convinces him that, you know, uh, that, that that's the place for him. But I, I wonder how much of a discount he's going to be willing to take. He's about to, he's going to be 29 years old um, in December by the time that season is uh, underway. Um, he doesn't have a, another big payday waiting for him. I don't think so. Not with the style of play that he has. This is his big chance. And mm-hmm. I think what's interesting for the stars is you, Miro is the no brainer. You have to extend Miro. But then where the conversation comes up is um, John Klingberg is the better defenseman between Klingberg and Alexiak, but Alexiak's time is up first. Klingberg mm-hmm. is up next year. Alexiak is up right now. Do you sign Alexiak to a big deal and then risk not having the funds um, for John Klingberg? Because you already, Essa already has a huge contract. Miro is going to get a contract and then is going to be in line for an even bigger one later. Um, and then if you extend Jamie to a big contract, do you have enough money left? And, and also you have Thomas Harley coming up. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, d- does that fill the need? Um, and I think that's a question that the stars are going to have to ask is uh, the John Klingberg versus Jamie Alexiak question. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of interesting too. Like you were saying, they just have such vastly different styles of play with Klingberg being a much more offensive style defenseman. Whereas Alexiak is much more of the, uh, the ground and pound and kind of wear you down style defenseman. So that'll be really interesting. And I'm looking at the uh, cap friendly right now for the stars. And I just want to bring up the fact that out of all of the uh, defensemen on the stars right now, uh, Miro Heiskanen is the third lowest paid defenseman out of them. Obviously he's on a rookie contract, but I just think that's hilarious that you have Joel Hanley and Mark Pissick and then Miro Heiskanen uh, as far as being the lowest three uh, paid defensemen. So it's going to be interesting to see what that number is for Miro going into the next season or in that bridge to the next season after that. So, uh, you know, obviously we had the rental with Vatnin and Pissick. I think those are another couple of uh, unrestricted free agents we see walk. Um, you know, they did sign Tanner Kiro to a two-way deal. Um, do you think, uh, you know, Justin Dowling is that one name that remains? Do you think they re-signed him to a two-way deal as well? It's possible. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't foresee a uh, a thunderous market for Justin Dowling, right. but uh, but and and he's a player who is a quality player. Um, he won't elevate you anywhere, but he doesn't. He does. He's not a. Uh, he's not a. Uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, a detriment. He's not a weak point. Like he's not. Mm-hmm. He's not the link that breaks the entire chain. He can. He can just hold his own. So um, you know, as a fourth line centerman, he's not a bad option. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that's a, that's an entire different discussion though. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, obviously the question that everyone's going to ask, and I think you're probably going to get the tweet probably at least 50 or 60 times a week. Um, and we're going to be, I guess, you know, we'll, we'll get ahead of the curve. Uh, who or if what at all splashes, do you see the stars making going into the off season whether it be with uh, trades, signings, uh, you know, anything of that sort, um, you know, and this is obviously coming from a speculation standpoint, not of Saad Yusuf of the athletic, you know, with the, the ins and outs, knowing people, this is just from a fan standpoint. Do you see the stars really kind of standing pat with the core that they have, or do you see them, you know, maybe taking a chance and, and trying to get someone for that, you know, Hudobin or, you know, even someone else, uh, you know, in line for, an expiring contract coming into uh, next season. 
Yeah, I think I, I think they should. I don't know that they will, but also just remember that Jim Neal is a offseason trader. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he he trades a lot more in the offseason than at the trade deadline. And so that's something to keep an eye on. And also just free agency, you know, Blake Coleman is, is a name that's going to get tossed out there a lot just because of his Dallas ties. But I mm-hmm. think that's a legitimately good option as well. Um, the Stars can't stand Pat completely. Like, they, they saw this season, when you talk about, you know, uh, missing the playoffs, they saw that they're not really, like, you can't count on on just, you know, a, a ridiculous run to, to, and I don't think the 2020 run was a fluke like some people do. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that. Um, but I do think it was a, it was a, uh, you know, it was, it was something that was just out of, it came out of nowhere. So, um, but I think they earned that run at, at the same time, you know, you do have to make some of those decisions to make sure that you're at least a very quality top six and into the top nine. Um, and I think their defensive core is fine regardless. Yeah, I agree. And it'll be really interesting to see if Thomas Harley gets the nod, um, you know, maybe taking over one of those roles like the Vatnin or the Pissick, and then, you know, obviously being such a young core or future of the core possible, you know, possibly in that defensive fold. Um, I do want to bring up too the fact that Blake Coleman is coming off of his final year with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning, and he's only getting paid 1.8. Uh, so, you know, you look at uh, Como and Cogliano, both in the 1.2, 1.5 range, I believe, that's easily obtainable. I think Coleman would probably ask a little bit more or maybe give a hometown discount. I don't know. Um, but that's definitely a name that I think is a very attractive name. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes out. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, uh, but we'll see what the market is for Blake Coleman. I think that'll decide a lot. Do you see the stars going after somebody like Nugent Hopkins or Landis Gog or anything like that? No, uh, it, it's hard. It's hard to see them making any big splashes right now. Um, with their cap situation and the fact that a lot of the young guys that are of value are of such value that they believe are valuable to their franchise's future. Like Thomas Harley is not going to be in a trade package. Um, you know, those kind of things. They view Thomas Harley as a future of this organization. Um, Jason Robertson obviously is a future in this organization. Mm-hmm. So, they don't have a lot of those guys like, you know, maybe a Maverick Bork or something is, is a consideration, but, but they even, they're, they're pretty high on him as well. So I think a lot of these guys, um, they feel good about, um, and they're going to need some of these guys to come in on entry level contracts and contribute because of the Tyler Sagan contract, the Jamie Ben contract, the Essel and Dell contract. Um, they have a lot of big money tied up, so they need contributions from cheap labor. Touching on those contracts. Do you feel and again, you know, this is one of those things where, you know, we're, we're talking to you as more of a, on the fan side that just has an extreme knowledge of the team and the franchise. Do you feel like the stars may have shot themselves in the foot with the contracts? Elsa Lindell's a little bit different because I think the defensive position in the contract that he has is such a, an important role and he plays it very, very well. And he plays a lot. Um, but with like Jamie Ben and specifically Jamie Ben and maybe even like, to an extent, Tyler Sagan, do you feel like maybe that they're a little top heavy with those major contracts like that? And do you see them trying to restructure or, or, or what do you see could be the possible solution to kind of help, you know, teeter the scales a little bit back the other way? Yeah, there's not going to be any restructuring happening, but, but I do think that the Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan contracts, um, you had to do those. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I know they look bad now or not both of them, but maybe, 
Jamie Ben's contract looks a little uh, a little hefty right now. I think Tyler Sagan's going to come back and and be fine, mm-hmm. um, and I think he'll he'll earn that paycheck. But uh, but Jamie Ben, like, I mean, are you not going to pay an Art Ross winner right after he wins that? Like, you don't have a choice. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's right. just the nature of his position that he's a power forward who's who has a physical style. But as we saw this year, put him at center, um, lessen the bang on his body, and and he can still he still has the skills to produce. So. Um, I think it's on the coaching staff uh, to get the best out of those guys. Um, and I think as long as they can do that and get contribute, like if Jamie Ben is slightly underperforming and Jason Robertson is way overperforming, well, then you kind of even out on the money. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, like, like, you know, Miro Haskinen, what you've, you've basically got Miro for free for three years. So, I mean, you know, that kind of helps ease the load off of some of those contracts that look top heavy. Uh, makes sense. And, and, and I think it's interesting, you know, just to kind of see uh, this is this fan base. Uh, we had Selena Ray on last week. Fantastic interview. Absolutely amazing woman. So cool f- to have her on and talk with us. Uh, but yeah, we, we talked a little bit about the fan base and how they just they tend to really, uh, you know, I, I don't want to call everybody out, but overreact and you know specifically with Tyler Sagan's you know especially in the playoffs last year not performing up to snuff and then finding out that he had the torn labrum played through it and people still didn't cut him any slack and it's just you know when is enough enough for some people but you know that's neither here nor there that's more of a a personality trait but moving forward I guess uh since we are kind of talking about contracts you mentioned earlier uh Rick Bonus is going into the final year of his contract with the Stars uh do you see him returning afterwards and do you think it will have anything to do with how the next season goes? Obviously if he does extremely well, they make it to the playoffs and make it maybe even to the Western conference files. Are we looking at the possibility of another extension for him or another contract? Or do you think this team gets a little bit, you know, younger, more youthful in their coaching staff and maybe adopts a new style of play uh, post bonus era? Yeah, I think it depends on next year, and I think, but but I think the standard is very high. I think it's conference finals or Stanley Cup final, or I don't, I don't, I can't see Rick Bonus coming back because obviously you don't have to fire a guy like that. I mean, you know, his contract's up; you just don't re-sign him. But I think if they go to a conference final or the Stanley Cup final again, then I think you know you maybe sign him to another one-year deal or another two-year deal or something like that. So, you know, I think it depends on next year, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, if they, if they make a deep run, I could see it, but if not, then I think they go in a new direction. I think that'll be really interesting. Obviously we want, uh, we want the, the, we want to see them succeed. We want to see bonus back. Um, you know, I think Jamie said it earlier this season, uh, talking about, you know, this is his, one of his favorite coaches, if not his favorite coach he's ever played for. Um, Jason, I was going to kick it over to you. Yeah, I was going to say, quick uh, touch on the Jamie situation. Uh, not necessarily situation, sorry. Uh, ben kind of brought up in my head again uh, that Jordy is a free agent or the UFA. Do mm-hmm. Any chance we uh, see a Ben and Ben reunited? Reunitation? Reunion, yeah. <laughs> uh, I, again, I think it'll come down just to the terms because, you know, it's uh, that that's going to be a big play for for the stars in a lot of, in a lot of these conversations. So, um, but but we just got done talking about how much they're investing in the defensive core. It's hard for me to right, that's true. see that they're going to you know keep adding at that. I think they they more will go after the forwards than the defensemen. But you know 
if you're unable to sign Jamie Alexiak, um, you know, then maybe you go after a Jordy Ben. I actually had one follow-up question from uh, you mentioned the younger guys that were uh, that the stars kind of consider core pieces for the future. What are your thoughts on the Jason Robertson v. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov? I don't know if I'm saying his last name right, but uh, that battle between Stars fans and Wild fans over the course of the season, especially the past like month and a half, I would say. What are your thoughts on how tense and heated it seemed to have have gotten, especially <laughs> in your mentions? Yeah, I, I think it got tense and heated a while ago, but I mean, it's it's pretty easy to look at it now and say that Kaprizov is going to win the Calder. Like, I don't think there's really much of a debate. I think I think there was about a month, a month and a half ago. I thought there was a very legitimate argument for Jason Robertson, um, but you know, you look at the you look at the facts of the matter. Like, uh, you know, I, I Mike Russo and I um, combined on an article at the Athletic, kind of you know outlining those two situations a little while back and. Since that, like, you know, you have, you've had, uh, you know, after, after Jason Robertson had, I think it was a nine game point streak or something like that. He kind of tapered off a little bit and Kaprizov was scoring game winning goals and yep. uh, leading his team to the playoffs, whereas the stars missed the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. So I think all those things tilted the balance. I think the argument that Kaprizov is uh, a considerably older is a very legit and fair one. I do think Robertson is more of a pure rookie. And from that sense, but uh, by the book, by the rule, the way it's written, I think it's pretty easy. Uh, I'm a voter this year. Kaprizov will be, you know, my number one guy on the on the Calder. So um, I, I don't think that's a that's really too much of a debate anymore. But I do think it was, and that's a credit to Robertson, given where he began the season and and whether he wins the Calder or not. And I don't think he will, but. Um, that doesn't take away from the fact that the stars have a top line forward that was a second round pick. And that's uh, extremely impressive and bright for their future. Yeah. I think it's been really interesting to see Robertson kind of burst onto the scene. You know, obviously he started on the taxi squad and kind of shifted back and forth. And, you know, it was really refreshing because I think that's something that stars fans have lacked, uh, I guess, really just lacked overall in the last couple of seasons with the exception of Dennis Garyanov being, you know, the, the leading goal scorer, but, you know, obviously having a bit of a drop off, but seeing Robertson, you know, bust onto the scene there, uh, you know, a couple of seasons or a couple of games into the season and really just kind of taking over um, is extremely promising, especially with a guy like Joe Pavelski. And, and I think you kind of owe a little bit of Joe Pavelski's success outside of those, uh, the beginning of the season with the power play goals and the constant, you know, scoring from Pavelski, you kind of owe a little bit to Robertson because the kid just finds lanes that just shouldn't exist in hockey. And Joe Pavelski seems to always be there. Um, and we've seen the quickness, you know, the, the hand-eye coordination that Pavelski has. I, I just, it's, it's, it's interesting to, to see what the next season is going to hold. And, and I kind of want to bring up something that, just happened in the NHL. That's not so much stars specific, um, but kind of leads me into the question about the stars. Obviously you have the situation with Tom Wilson. Um, don't want to dive too deep into the the schematics of it and what happened with it, but <laughs> mostly because of the fact that we talked about Alexiak a couple times. Do you see the stars needing that, that grinder? Um, I don't even know. We can't call him goon anymore because they're not specifically goon because you look at Tom Wilson, he's a talented hockey player. But do you see the Stars needing someone like that maybe going into the next season 
or do you think the division that we're going to be in kind of serves a little bit more, not, I don't want to say laid back, but a little more, I guess, quote unquote, peaceful. Um, how do you feel about that? And how do you feel about the game overall, as far as maybe the, um, the emergence of a little more physicality in the game again? Well, I think there's physicality, which is, uh, you know, physicality is something that Jamie Oleksiak brings, for example. There's chippiness, which mm-hmm. is, uh, we saw a lot from like Ty DeLandry, even though he's really little, but, yep. you know, he you saw that. And then I think there's dirty play, and that's Tom Wilson. So I don't I don't think you need that in the game. I don't think Great. any team needs that on their team. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, I think what you want is a is the ability to impose your physicality and kind of you know um, be a bit of a like really just be a really good forechecker. You see Alexander Radulov do that, right? Like he's a really good forechecker, and I think you know you want to be able to kind of impose yourself on the opposition. But um, I don't think that you need. I don't think what Tom Wilson brings in those certain aspects is something that is needed on the stars or really necessarily necessary in the league. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think it's a, it's an interesting kind of case, uh, case by case. Um, but this is basically just me segueing to saying that I think the Stars should go after uh, Antoine Roussel and make a trade for him uh, just <laughs> because I miss him so dearly. <laughs> Uh, but it's funny you said Titalandria and being undersized. I can kind of see Titalandria as the next Antoine Roussel type. I know uh, Jamie kind of took Delandria under his wing while they were on the ice together, seemingly. Um, but I think uh, Delandria can kind of serve as that. I guess the word is more agitator. Um, you know, with He's the forecheck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It just stirs the pot, to, so mm-hmm. to speak. So, um, well, guys, I don't know if you guys have anything more for Saad. Uh, I had one more question to wrap things up, or actually a couple more to kind of uh, on the lighter side of things, you know, we got, we got pretty deep there for, for the, the last couple minutes. So. Yeah. I kind of want to take it away from the stars maybe, and just uh, see how you're feeling about the playoffs. You know, what matchups are you looking forward to the most? Give us the side uh, breakdown, if you will. Well, I think, I think the, the, my favorite series right now is definitely uh, Tampa Bay and Florida, Couldn't which agree is, more. you know, yeah, they're playing right now. I have it on right in front of me and, and uh, I love that one. Obviously, like, you know, right now it's like a 2-1 game late in the third. And we all saw the game that, that they had in game one. And, and you know, just the storylines of all. The, I mean, the, the on-ice hockey is so much fun to watch. And then you factor in the fact that, you know, Kucherov didn't play and then is, you know, magically ready for game one and scoring uh, scoring two game, two mm-hmm. goals and, and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it's just uh, uh, Florida with, with all their – with everything they're about and the fact that, like, you know, I've watched those teams so much this season that I kind of feel like I know them pretty well. And so uh, that's my favorite series right now. And, you know, on the other central playoff series, I will say, again, going back to something we discussed, it's probably a good thing that the Stars uh, didn't make the playoffs because they would not have a chance against Carolina. Carolina is just on an absolute tear. Mm -hmm. I mean, they came in uh, – and knock on wood for the sake of their team, it's just insane how healthy they've been able to to remain uh, through all of the all of this. But I, I'm curious too. I guess uh, back from the media side of things, are you excited uh, for next season? Are you looking forward to seeing, like you just said, you saw the same team so many times. Are you are you ready to see you know more teams back in the AAC that weren't here at all this season? Yeah, definitely. I think I'm excited, but besides myself, like I just think the the game of hockey needs that. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, you can't have you can't have your your 
best player, and really the two best players when you look at Connor McDavid and Austin Matthews, never step foot in the United States. It's just bad marketing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we talk about growing the game of hockey in the United States. I don't think it really needs to grow in Canada, though I'm sure it will continue <laughs> no, to do so. But, right. but, um, but you talk about growing the game in the United States. I mean, not having Connor. I like, look, I covered the NBA for a long time and, and, you know, the Mavericks were really bad for a few of those years that I was covering them. Mm-hmm. But when Steph Curry came to town, it was a spectacle. Fans showed up They because and they didn't just show up to watch Steph play the game. They wanted to watch him warm up. They wanted to see all that. And so um, your best stars have to be going around the country. And, and you know, the stars will give fans enough to watch on their own uh, on their own terms. But um, but yeah, I mean. You know, going to the AAC to watch Connor McDavid play will be an absolute treat, um, and that's not just the AAC; that's all around the country. The yeah, Michael Jordan approach. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of, are you excited to see what ESPN will do with the sport uh, on this time around uh, with their new contract? And uh, same with what is it TNT as well, right? I mean, are you excited to kind of see what they what they'll bring to the game that maybe NBC hasn't brought, or the fact that we won't have to hear NBC? gawk over mckinnon or you know the entire lineup of certain teams as opposed to the teams that they're playing i i'm just excited to see how espn is going to handle this Mm -hmm. because espn has uh ignored hockey for so long um i'm just curious to see how how drastically that has to change if it's going to be a complete 180 and Mm -hmm. hockey is fully part of the equation or do they kind of ease back into really caring about hockey because they really have it. So um, that'll be interesting to watch. Gonna yeah. get more than one Barry Melrose segment a week. <laughs> yeah. You've got you've got poor Bouchagras sitting there shaking under the the booth because you know he just wants to talk about hockey and they're like, Hey, uh, uh, please don't. Please stop wearing the college hockey jerseys, John. Well, uh, I I was curious if you were watching any NHL uh, playoff hockey or if you were detoxing with the twentieth run of the office, um, you know, office question then. Uh, as I don't know if side, you probably saw this and we'll spoil it because this is going to be coming out on Thursday. Uh, but Tampa just scored on an empty netter. So that pretty yeah. much seals the win for them, but 20 runs to the office. That's impressive, my friend. <laughs> and, and I've got it. You, you mentioned that you, you were watching and you, uh, said that, what is it? Uh, stress relief is the new, is it right there with uh, dinner party for you now? Yeah, I, I was along. I was. Uh, I always believed up until about four or five watches ago. So fifteen times through or whatever, I always thought, you know, when dinner party came along, like that's when you pop the popcorn. You get like, you know, that's the big one. Um, but honestly, stress relief is just as good. I mean, when you break it down in terms of and, and and you know, just the contributions from a from a full cast of characters, <laughs> where where what you're getting from yeah. Dwight, what you're getting from Michael. And I think the the really the X factor is what you get from Creed in those in that episode, right? Um, because Creed's one liners are some of the best in the uh, he he's he's line for line the best character of the show, and so especially um, during those Halloween episodes. I wish there was yes. more Creed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so and so you know I think when you look at uh, you know uh, when he's you know when he's saying oh like you know I saw you in the parking lot that's how I know you or like you know <laughs> uh, like you know just random uh, yeah, outbursts. That's why I'm wearing this. <laughs> Yeah, and so like I think stress relief has those moments, um, and it, and it's just like it's a lot packed in to twenty one minutes, um, and it's all actually it's actually very impressive. 
So what's your least favorite? Oh, sorry, and honestly, the cold open, the cold open for stress relief is just mm-hmm. that it's the, it, it was always the best cold open of the show. But, and I, and, but the more I watch the episode, the episode also follows through as well. Absolutely. Patrick, you were asking, uh, what the I was going to ask you, what the what the least what your least favorite episode is. Oh, um, I don't have one, but I will say the entire D'Angelo Vickers era was, oh, that was pretty unimpressive. Um, you know, thankfully it was short lived, but but that but all those episodes um, were were not very impressive to me. One more follow up. What are your thoughts on Scott's Tots? Because I'm not sure if you're <laughs> oh aware, gosh. there's an entire subreddit dedicated to can't watch scott's yeah. tots i'm in the, i'm in that group also i skip it every time um i watch it um it, it's the it's the second most awkward moment in the show for me after uh after uh pam's wedding after the wedding where they let it slip that she's pregnant um, yeah, oh my oh, gosh because oh. that was extremely Wait, cringe um yeah of like <laughs> of like uh you know when the jim just trying to backtrack and and uh and and the nana there and, and all that stuff so i think that was the most awkward but i think scott's tots is the second most uh cringy moment of the entire uh show and there's who a would, lot of them yeah who would you say your favorite tier two uh cast member is so take out your jim dwight pam mike michael and that's yeah uh that's a good question um i, I think mind. i think toby played his role really well mm-hmm. um and created a, a really good situation for for that rivalry of you know Michael and Toby, but um, I don't know, man. Like what's, that's the what's the guy? Uh, it's Dwight's friend that he brings in towards Mose? like kind of Mose? not Moe's. It's oh, his friend uh, that's really awkward. Uh, Nate, Rolf, uh, maybe Rolf. Oh, no, Rolf, Nate. Yeah. It's Nate. No, it's Nate. It's definitely yeah, Nate. Nate. I, yes, the one with the hearing problem. With yeah, he's like, yeah. I don't know if I've told you this yet. But. Yeah, I don't know <laughs> if I've told you this, uh, but uh, yeah, no, him. He's got to be a, a top second tier character. <laughs> yeah, no, he he's definitely really good. But um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I thought Robert California was pretty good too. Um, Ooh. so good I love that he brought everything back to sex. It was just. <laughs> yeah. so- I am yeah, the Lizard yeah. King. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know, I think that that we've we've come up with a couple of beer league uh, team names, and I think that might be the next one is the Lizard Kings. I am the which Lizard is Robert King. California pasted on the jersey. <laughs> yeah, you well, don't guys, even know me. <laughs> yeah, I uh, my real name. If you don't have anything else, um, actually, this is something, Sad. We've asked everybody since we've had you on the show. Um, that we have to ask you, and then we'll we'll uh, we'll play our. We've got a new segment called, or well, new. We've got a segment called the Razorism of the Week, where we just go back and listen to Razor, just kind of blab on about things because that's what people do because he's he's that guy. What is your go to order at Whataburger? My go to order at Whataburger. Um, I actually don't go to Whataburger a lot. Mm, um, I mean, it hurts a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, it's mostly just because I've, uh, for health reasons, I've cut out fast food completely. Um, and, we could all do that. Yeah. 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 I was on, a, I was on a weight losing journey. Ah, gosh, I don't know, man. Like, to be honest, I haven't been to Whataburger in a long time. So, um, uh, oh, I, I know they're, I, I like their honey butter biscuits and stuff. Um, mm. 
Always there like you go. that. That I mean, yeah. that's that works. That works. That's better than yeah. saying In and Out because that's what we've gotten that quite a few times. Uh, I've actually never had In and Out burgers. You're so. not missing a thing. Um, <laughs> no, it's funny. We had uh, Vern Fiddler and a couple of the Allen Americans on, and none of them like in uh, Riley Tufty of the uh, Texas Stars. Riley Tufty lives in the heart of Texas near Austin, and he has never had Whataburger before. Yeah. And I'm like, you drive by it and you have HEBs, man, you don't know how good you've got it. Uh, so, well, uh, Patrick, uh, if you want to hit the uh, razorism of the week, we'll uh, get that and we'll, we'll call this one a wrap. Yeah, this is uh, this is less a razorism and more a Dallas Stars production featuring razor, but still pretty good. Nonetheless, there's nothing better than a good hockey game on the old frozen pond. It's a manly game. You better bring your boys if you're going to survive out there. You see, our players don't go on IR for turf toe. They don't suffer tennis elbow, and you're not going to find them on the DL because of finger blisters. No, in hockey, pain is your constant companion. And he gets shocked by touching the the pole, holding up the glass. Oh, it's the acting that does it for me. Uh, well, guys, that's uh, that's all I have. I do actually want to say one more thing. And and Saad, I don't know if you saw this. I'm sure you're obviously aware of it. Uh, but uh, famed Jeff Totes is uh, calling it a wrap with the Dallas Stars. He put on his Twitter that this is his last week with the organization. Um, he is behind pretty much all of the video that you guys have seen of the Stars for the past however many years. Um, you know, most specifically the We're Not Going Home documentary. Um, of the stars in the bubble was pretty much it, actually it was all of the footage that he collected. So uh, kind of a bittersweet thing. The guys brought a lot to the franchise. So I'll be curious to see, or we'll all be curious to see uh, the the next person up. So um, Saad, uh, thank you again so much for coming on. Um, little thing that we have now is we all have our own sign offs. So uh, kind of put you on the spot here. If, if Saad Youssef was to have a sign off, uh, for his own podcast, uh, what would it be? And then we'll we'll cycle into ours. Gosh, that's a that's a tough one on the spot. <laughs> um, uh, let's go. Uh, you know what? I always I always get I always uh, have plays on my name, so I'll say never a sod day. Oh, oh that might be <laughs> that's the best one. That might yeah. be the best one we've had in this whole time. This whole time. Well, that's yeah. uh, that's from the top tier to uh, Patrick. Take it away. <laughs> yeah, stay sassy. Oh, now you just got to stay moist. And as always, don't ever, for any reason whatsoever, forget your Kermit tattoos. I'll get the timing down. It's a little early on that one. Did you guys just see this news?